Today on I Didn't Say That, we have the media going after uh, Department of Labor employees for jokes. We have Trump and his friends going after the fake news in more ways than one. We have sitting members of Congress siding with left-wing terrorists over police. Um, We also have a 2020 update, big climate hall, town hall tomorrow on CNN, which is probably going to be the worst seven hours of my week. Um, Some updates on Beto, maybe finally resetting his campaign for the sixth time. Um, And then we have the latest fad uh, that vegans are getting into. Um, And if you like to grill outdoors, enjoy it while you can. So let's get into it. All right. Let us know what you think of our new intro music. <laughs> Pretty excited about it. <laughs> All right. Top story, Max. Okay. So I think there's a whole bunch of top stories. Most people are speaking, talking about what happened in Odessa and Midland, Texas this weekend, um, even, though, even though more people were killed in Chicago. More people were killed by, like, cancer and heart attacks and car crashes. Yeah. Um, there was ultra. a list somewhere I saw. It was like, I'll find it while you go. But but anyway, so the media was still spending a little bit of time on that today. I, th- I think there has already been this push to get things done because of Dayton and El Paso. Now we have Dustin Midland. It seems like this guy, it looks like he got his gun illegally or he got it through a private private sale, which meant that a background check didn't need to be run. The details are still kind of fuzzy about all this, but that's what it looks like it is. It seems like this guy was known to authorities. Um, nothing was done. That's where we're at. Um, the laws on the books couldn't prevent a criminal from committing a crime. Um, the Senate's coming back soon. The House is coming back soon. So there's probably going to be something on this issue. It's not going to go away, but I really just don't find it to be I don't think, as sad as it is to say, I don't think this what happened this weekend did anything to change what was already going to be taking place coming up in the legislative calendar. Um, it's just um, another example of where we're at these days as a country. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to spend time talking about a story, a couple of stories that I think really encapsulate how important the 2020 election really is. Um, We are, I know it's always hyperbole to say at every election, we say this is the most important election of our lifetime. This is the most important election of our lifetime. It's like a running joke. Um, But with how different the two platforms are, I really, I can't recall a time, and I've only been on the planet for 31 years, I can't recall a time where the parties have been so far apart on almost every issue um and i also can't recall a time where the vitriol has been this bad where we're literally picking sides and violent conflicts that protesters have um regularly in this country but today's big story i think centers around a trump appointee a department of labor attorney leaf olson now leaf olson had a couple of facebook posts that caught the attention of a Bloomberg law reporter by the name of Ben Penn. And what Leif Olson said 
in his Facebook post was this. Now, the context is, is that he posted this after Paul Ryan won his last primary against a guy named Paul Nealon, and he won by 70 points. It was like 84 to 16 or something like that. It was... It was not close. Establishment insider Rhino corporate tool Paul Ryan was finally brought to heel in tonight's primary election by an uprising of the conservative masses of real America eager for an authentic voice in Washington instead of the same tired globalist open borders pap they've been pushing on us since the elites abandoned the people. The guy just suffered a massive, historic, emasculating 70-point victory. Let's see him and his Georgetown cocktail party puppet masters try to walk that one off. And obviously, very tongue in tongue in cheek point at, attack at the alt right um, and Paul Nealon, who is, I think Paul Nealon is just openly now white supremacist. Um, uh, Leif Olson responded. He has a couple of responses in this post. Note uh, someone who goes, "Oh, he's a neocon too." You know, no, he's not. Neocons are all Upper East Side Zionists who don't golf on Saturday. If you know what I mean. <laughs> um, that's what I meant. He's a Jew. Everyone knows that. It must be true because I've never seen the lamestream media report it, and you know they protect their own. <laughs> so, um, obvious, obvious sarcasm here, um, joking around. So this genius over at Bloomberg decides that he needs to make a federal case over this. Um, Four hours after Bloomberg Law requested comment from the White House and the Department of Labor about Leif Olson's social media post, the department has said he has resigned without elaboration. So he came across some little Facebook post from this guy. I see a joke. He said, I don't find this joke to be funny at all. I think this is anti-Semitism. This guy needs to go. I guess it's fine. Whatever. I just don't want to put up with this. Well, it obviously doesn't end there because now that this is a story, Everyone starts investigating what these Facebooks are. How, what, like, oh, wow. You know, the left wants to jump on this immediately. Oh, it's another anti-Semite in that Nazi Donald Trump's uh, uh, administration. administration. You know, this is, just a, this is just another clear racist, you know, thank gosh we got him. And then everyone looked at the story and went, or at least me- most people looked at the story and went, um, you know this this is not the way we need to be going one of the most more prominent liberal journalists out there uh commentators jonathan chait works for new york magazine looked this over and jonathan chait is no friend to anyone in the conservative movement let's just leave it at that um but even he looked at this and he goes you know look uh i'm not endorsing olson or his policies i'm sure he has all kinds of objectionable beliefs but firing him as an anti-semite over this post strikes me as terribly unfair um now obviously you know left-wing twitter piled on and this guy's a nazi you know you can't even if you think making a joke about this you know because the left has lost its sense of humor um and i think that that's what lost it did they ever have it this ben penn guy graduated college in 2019 so the only thing he knows in his life is school (laughs) And because the only thing that he knows is school, he has been, he is part of this new generation of kids who have grown up surrounded by humorless liberal scolds because the left has completely lost its ability to laugh. 
There is no humor on the left anymore. If you need any proof of this, just flip through the... If you're up late at night for some reason and the television's on, flip through what the quote-unquote late-night television hosts do now. All they do is look for applause. They don't look for laughs. They look for applause. They want to see who can be the most woke on it. On every issue. There's no humor anymore. That's why Hollywood doesn't make good good comedies anymore. When is the last time you could say, wow, that was a really funny movie that came from Hollywood? No, because they've lost their sense of humor. They've absolutely lost their minds. They look for offense in everything. There's no more creativity coming out of the left. It's just anger and violence And if you do not agree with us, we need to destroy your life, no questions asked. And that's what this whole Leif Olsen incident is about. This is about someone who is going to be in charge of deregulating things. He is going to be working on on clawing back regulations that have been harming the American worker and the American small business owner for too many years. This is absolutely unacceptable to the left these days. And this journalist later makes no bones about it. He's not interested in being an unfair journalist, and he says he says it as much as in this one tweet. He's not interested in being a journalist who is fair. He is simply interested in scoring political points for the left. Lost in all of this is that Olson was part of a team of political appointees tasked with the heavy lift of drafting wage hour regulations that are high priorities for Trump White House business community. They're now down one advisor. This was a political point that this quote-unquote journalist Ben Penn thinks he scored. This is, the new, this is the new standard on the left. You are no longer allowed to have a sense of humor because we are humorless, humorless scolds. You all need to be humorless scolds. If you need any proof of it, go on Twitter at any point of the day. You want to know who the leftists are on there? It's all the angry people. <laughs> There's no such thing as comedy anymore. That's why the left is so up in arms about this Dave Chappelle. I'm not a big Dave Chappelle guy. I don't understand why conservatives are going to wrap their arms around this guy. He goes after everyone. And the left has now proclaimed him to be bad because <laughs> he goes after everyone can't do that you can't do that anymore you can't make a joke about transsexuals you can't make a joke about white people being too woke you can't say stuff like that you can't say stuff like one of the things i was going around was a joke about abortion be like if you're telling me that it's okay to kill the thing then why is it okay for me to just walk away from it (laughs) (laughs) um that's the kind of humor it is um, and the left has now said, well, you know, Dave Chappelle used to be one of our heroes. He used to be, you know, one of the great comedians of all time and certainly one of the great comedians of our generation, but no longer. You are now, you need to be canceled. We must cancel Dave Chappelle. Um, and this is the liberal world that we live in. Um, it is going to be a one system for the left. Should they regain the kind of power that they had under Obama, they will make these changes rapidly. They will stack the courts. They are going to do their best to import more people from third world hellholes to come in here who don't speak English, who have no skills. And the Democrats are going to turn into Democratic voters by, by redistributing wealth to illegal aliens. And make no mistake about it, the biggest thing that they want to do in this, in this world is give illegal aliens the right to vote. 
That's the biggest thing they want to do. They live here. If they're going to live in a country, shouldn't they have a say in the matter? If you don't think that that fight is coming, you've got another thing coming. Um, but this is the world that we live in now. And I, I think this kind of tails nicely into the thing that the, the media is all up in arms about today. They're not up in arms about a so-called journalist attacking a Trump appointee and trying to smear him as some sort of anti-Semitic, racist, Nazi, this is the Republican Party, let's hang this guy in a public square in order to prove a point. But one of the stories that we mentioned a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, um, and one that's been bubbling up, is this group of Trump supporters that is raising money to do opposition research on individual journalists. And this was an Axios today. Mike Allen, formerly of Mr. Political Playbook, uh, Politico Playbook, Mike Allen. Scoop! Trump allies raise money to target reporters. Meanwhile, this was scooped many days before Axios Mm -hmm. wrote about it. So President Trump's political allies are trying to raise raise at least $2 million to investigate reporters and editors of the New York Times, Washington Post, and other outlets, according to a three-page fundraising pitch reviewed by Axios. And then they have a whole bunch of other things that don't really pertain to the story. But this is what has journalists all upset today. Because they know they're going to get outed. They're going, they're all, all of the things that they have put on social media for their entire lives are going to come back to bite them in the you-know-what. Every single one of them. And it's the truly stupid ones they're going to take down first. The ones that never have the common sense to go back during all of these stories of people getting, you know, the every time some kid gets drafted these days or some kid has his moment, they'll just pull up a tweet from high school. Uh, he was quoting a lap lyric, but lyric, but he's the N-word. So then we got to have the obligatory apology. It's going to be worse for these journalists. So this group is trying to, uh, this GOP consultant, Arthur Schwartz, who's Jewish, by the way, He's working for the Nazi president, Donald Hitler. <laughs> uh, Jewish GOP consultant Arthur Schwartz and the loose network that the New York Times reported last week is targeting journalists. The operations are to be run by undisclosed others. Um, so this is what really has people up in arms. And obviously this stems from the incident with the New York Times editor who got pinched for actual anti-Semitic tweets, not not. Not not sarcastic jokes like Leif Olson made on Facebook mocking anti-Semites. Uh, actual anti-Semitism was what that New York Times reporter got pinched for. Did he get fired? Absolutely not. Because those beliefs are okay. Because this is the party of the squad. Um, but, it was, uh, but it was the New York Times publisher, uh, Salzberger, who said during that whole affair that it's a, it's a scary time. The journalists you know, just can't go out and live their lives, that they're having to be held accountable for, account, accountable for everything they say on social media. You mean they have to be held to the same standards that Republicans are? Or everyone else. If there was some public, if there was some public social media account of me using racial slurs and it was forwarded to some of my clients... What do you think would happen? You would get fired. Not good things. <laughs> Not good things. Bad things would happen. Um, and this is the point that John Podhoritz made. Now, John, John Podhoritz, 
need I don't think I need to remind anyone not a fan of the president of the United States. Um, he slid into Mr. Ben Penn's DMs and said, shame on you. You're either stupid or you're utter garbage. Congratulations on there being no middle ground. You'll be apologizing by 5 p.m. for your disgusting behavior. 19 journalism graduate, repugnant child. <laughs> he also called him a miserable prick. Nice. Um, so this is what happens. This is left-wing journalism getting called out for what is obviously not journalism. This isn't a story. This isn't news. No. Someone made the only news. I mean, that's that's what I say. This is combing through someone's the, social media. This highlights more than anything that there is no more humor allowed on the left. This is we need to destroy this man's life because he told a joke on Facebook. And you want to know? You want to let's get into further proof that the left really, really, really can't Jake take a joke. Let's go to the straight straight pride parade. <laughs> let's go to the straight. Pride Parade that happened in in Boston this past weekend. These guys, look, it was a troll job. I think I, I, it's obviously what it is. You know, it's one of those things where liberals get mad. It, it, it kind of reminds me in a way of the old um, affirmative action bake sales. Yes. White men have to pay a dollar. White women can pay 75 cents. Um, you know, what is it? Black women pay 50 cents. You know, black men pay the same as a white woman, 75 cents. Latino women pay like 25 cents. Asian Americans have to pay $1.25 because things are stacked against Asian Americans when it comes to getting into colleges. Um, you know, obviously the troll being to point out this is how affirmative action actually behaves. Um, and so I kind of saw the straight pride parade, something like that. Like, well, if you're so proud of being gay, why can't we have a straight pride parade? And for some reason this really annoyed liberals if you're secure in yourself then we'll see issue right they're like they're like how come you can't be secure how come you're so insecure in your heterosexuality that you need to have a parade about it and it's like well, why do you need why are you so insecure in your homosexuality that you need to have a parade about it but no one really cares like pride pride weekend has now turned into pride week has now turned into pride month has now turned into year round yeah yeah, it's always funny to see brands bend over backwards to try to be like, oh, you know, we were we were there when Stonewall happened. Like, no, you weren't. <laughs> no, <laughs> you most weren't. definitely weren't. He absolutely you were You waited not. until it was Sarah socially Coke. acceptable enough that you wouldn't right. lose anyone. Like, remember when uh, Kendall Jenner cured the world of racism by giving someone a Pepsi? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was an absolute all-time great advertising mess up. Um, which is hysterical because if you know the history of Pepsi... Um, Pepsi was actually way more socially progressive than Coke was. Um, they really, they really went after the African American community, which was it's funny to see now. In order to bend over backwards to try to continue to be the woke drink of choice, um, they absolutely messed it up. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, there's a straight pride parade, and of course, you can't have not parade but protest, and you can't have you know Trump supporters who are clearly trolling people do anything without antifa showing up with their skinny soy arms <laughs> and the masks over their faces because that's a man a man commits violence without showing his face that's nice so um what did they do well they started attacking the protesters because you know hey listen these guys this is these are people who we need to silence through violence hey that rhymes what should be their new slogan right um, 
they were obviously arraigned in court today. Um, they got a full, I think got seven, 36 people were arrested uh, on the Antifa side. Um, and, um, and they were, a, a bunch of them were arraigned in court today um, for it. But they kind of, the bigger news out of it is that some, they're, say, they're claiming police brutality. Of course. They're claiming for police brutality. Now, what the police are saying is, you instigated violence. These people had a permit to be here. They weren't bothering anyone. They were just having their little, they were just doing their little troll job. <laughs> um, no need to worry about it. And then Antifa shows up and starts, um, and starts attacking everyone, including throwing chemicals and bodily fluids at police officers and then they're surprised and they're surprised that they got arrested they're surprised they have to take off their masks and show their faces in court i mean and have honestly, to be held accountable they, for if their they had just directed actions. it at the trolls instead of the, the cops they probably wouldn't have been arrested yep we're covered in black so when we attack these guys we can't be prosecuted john crowley said told the boston herald they are fascist, 100%. How else are you going to get them to shut up? <laughs> so that's Beverly Antifa saying, this is violence. We are, here to get to perp to, we are here to commit violence against these people. We disagree with them, so we need to violently confront them right away. And we need to shut them up. We need to shut them up. And if the cops get in our way, they're going down too. And that's exactly what happened. They, they were chanting things like, cops and clan go hand in hand. <laughs> Things like that. Um, they attacked numerous. Um, four officers sustained non-life-threatening injuries as they attempted to prevent the Antifa-fueled crowd of about 1,000 counter-protesters from mixing up with an estimated 200 parade participants. Um, 36 arrests in total. Five charged with assault by means of dangerous weapon or carrying dangerous weapon. And dozens arrested for either disorderly conduct and or, or resisting arrest news that came out today is about the bodily fluids that were being used but the larger story here is that who is supporting these terrorists these people who came here to commit violence against police officers and fellow american citizens well first member of the squad congresswoman ayanna presley the uh the ringo of the group if you will <laughs> Join me right now in making a contribution. Thank you to the allies and accomplices who stood in the gap and laid their bodies on the line today in a front to hashtag LGBT hate march. To everyone feeling unseen and vulnerable today, we got you. Equitable outrage. Our destinies and freedoms are tied. And this is after a, please consider throwing a bit to the protest bail fund. It'll help get people out as quickly as possible. And any money not used will be split between the Mass Bail Fund and Boston Glass, which is a gay and lesbian alliance group. So this is a sitting member of Congress, Ayanna Presley, tweeting out a fundraiser to people who beat up cops. Terrible. It goes without saying that this was retweeted by one AOC. One way to support the local LGBTQ community impacted by Boston's white supremacist parade, question mark, <laughs> contribute to the bail fund for the activists who put themselves on the line protecting the Boston community. From what? <laughs> the white supremacist. So being a heterosexual is white supremacy. Yeah, obviously. The AOC. News to her white boyfriend. Um, and, and, and the LGBT, how could, he, how could 
how can you walk down the street and be like, there are straight people around, I don't feel safe. That's basically what they're saying here. That's what Presley and that's what AOC is saying right here. Yeah. It's like what people the use heterosexu- to do to gay Heterosexuality people. is white supremacy. Uh, and Ayanna Presley is saying, to everyone feeling seen vulnerable today, we got you. The LGBT hate march, there's nothing about hate here. It's nothing about hate. It's a troll job. Don't get me wrong. It's what it is. But it's legal. These guys had their permits. They held their march. Um, but this is but this is the modern day left, and this is what what brings us back. They can't they can't have a laugh. They can't laugh this off. They can't just walk by and keep on going with their day. It's violence. We're going to destroy your career. We're going to destroy your life. We're going to hurt you in the process. And that's how America's going to be run. Don't think for a second that any of the Democrats who are running for president disagree with what AOC or Presley said. The AOC and the squad run the Democrat Party. That's why you're seeing everyone raise their hands when it's health insurance, free health insurance for illegal aliens, free college, free everything. Let's put Donald Trump in jail. Let's put, let's put Don Jr. They really want to throw Don Jr. in jail. See, they really hate. Oh, yeah. But this is the new left. It's no longer you're going to be made to care about this stuff. It's submit or die. That's the standard of the Democrat Party these days. From how journalists run their, the left-wing journalists who run the news media. We've seen, we, everyone's seen the polls. 80, 85% admit they're Democrats, give to Democrat causes. That's the news media for you. And they are going to use the power of the news media to ruin people's lives if you think about things like deregulation. Yeah. That's a fireable, that's, that's a, that's a, you need, we need to ruin your life if you want fewer regulations. Your life should be ruined. Oh, are you a police officer defending law-abiding citizens? You need to be put on trial. You need to be put on trial. We're going to support the people who attack police officers. That's what AOC and Ayanna Presley believe. Attacking police officers is a good thing. Give money to the, these people. They're good people. There are good people on both sides, right? <laughs> Attacking police officers is now a good thing. Um, but let's get let's 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 move away from this. Um, you know, I, I think it just ties up so much of what we've been saying. What happened today ties up so much of what we've been banging in of just how important it is that the Republican Party stays at least in partial control of the government. Because once these Democrats get in power, the anger that consumes them from the election of Donald Trump um, is going to lead America down a dangerous path. Um, and let's just hope that there's enough sane people in this country to, to, war, to ward it off a little bit until everyone cools down. Um, I think the next thing to get into is we got we got the campaign update. Uh, there's a new poll that just came out this evening, hot off the presses. Um, we have uh, an IBD poll that's Investors Business Daily, and we have a Harvard Harris poll. Um, and I'll be honest, I look at the IBD one and I go, that seems to be where things are in the race. Um, in terms of like where everyone is, one, two, three, four, or whatnot. Uh, the Harvard Harris is um, um, 
is 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 interesting. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Um, I think it captures. I I, th- I think they. I think they both kind of capture extremes, to be completely honest. But the uh, end of the investors' business daily poll is Biden twenty eight, Warren twenty four. So that's margin of error stuff right there. Biden up Warren twenty eight, twenty four. Sanders twelve. Ooh. Harris six. Mayor Pete five. Booker four. Yang one. Castro one. Klobuchar one. Where's Beto? Zippy. <laughs> and yet he's in the debate. Yes, he is. Well, here's the Harvard Harris poll. Biden 32, Sanders 16. More Warren. Warren 13. Mm. Difference of 11 points on that. Now Biden's t- but 32 polls are and one. Very 20, accurate, yeah. Max. They're very accurate. She's the one where this is. It seems like it looks like she just caught two extremes of kind of where her polling is right now. Because if you look at Biden 32 between 32 and 28, that's margin of error stuff that's close enough sanders 16 and 12 same thing harris seven and six she's holding steady mayor pete five and four booker four and three yang one and two the two differences are warm 24 and 13 that's 11 points so let's assume let's split the difference on that one that she's probably pulling around sanders she's probably in that 15 16 17 range that she's been in and neither one of them have really been able to knock the other one down significantly enough to take off with the rest of the support um, but the other difference is funny that you bring up Beto. Beto four in the Harris poll. That puts him in one, two, three, four, five, six ahead of Booker, Yang, Gabbard, Castro, Klobuchar. Is Castro in the debate? Castro's in the debate. The two big ones that didn't make it were Tulsi and Steyer. But where are they in that poll? Tulsi's one percent in Harvard, zero in the other. Steyer doesn't register in either. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Biden's just been a true gaffe machine, lately making up stories about soldiers and events that happen to soldiers. He's like mixed three, combined like three stories into one. <laughs> um, but I think the big story of the day in Biden world is the New York Times article today about why Biden wants to run for president. And Joe Biden, and Morning Joe let off the segment talking about it with the famous clip of Ted Kennedy, stammering, not knowing how to answer the question of why you want to be president. (laughs) It might be a stupid question. I'll admit it's kind of a stupid question, but, you know, generally you have to have some sort of answer. And Joe Joe Biden... it's such a slam dunk. You can be like, because I love my country and I want to serve it. But this is like a typical politician, like slam dunk, fluffy answer you give. Yeah, and Joe Biden was basically like, ah... I don't need it. I think, I, I, I mean, the, basically what he said was the only reason I'm running is because Trump is still president. Which begs the question, why didn't you run the first time around? Because I'm telling you, Max, they're just running him so that he can win the primary and then he can be like, oh, just kidding, I don't want to do this. I'm sickly. Michelle Obama will run in my place. And then she doesn't have to go through the primary process. Yeah, I know you keep saying that, and it seems like, honestly, if I really, really wanted to be conspiratorial about it, not even conspiratorial, but really looking, trying to read the tea leaves, is that their groundwork's kind of starting to be laid out about this, where Morning Joe's, they were bringing up, I think it was Mika was bringing up about how Michelle Obama said, hey, 
when Barack ran, this is your one chance to vote for him. This is your one. He ain't, we ain't doing this again. This is your one chance. So if you want to vote for the guy, vote for him. But I'm not putting my family through this again. Um, it wouldn't be surprising to me if, yeah, that did happen. Biden's health, quote unquote, was failing, which I, you can already tell the mind is gone. I, I had NPR on uh, earlier as I was driving around yeah, through channels that I heard Biden's voice and I stayed on it. And he sounded, um, um, not with it for lack of a better term, low energy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's no, he been. did, but it was, it was like, it wasn't in that, um, you know, Jeb Bush was low energy because he came off as, you know, professorial, you know, he tried to be, um, the, I'm a serious person. I'm the adult in the room, that kind of thing. Like what you get when you put on MSNBC, you put on morning Joe, those people are very low energy um, because they're all trying to, you know, clench their buttocks as tightly as possible and have the best frown on their face and um, and be, oh, I let me show you how uncomfortable I am with the state of things in America by giving you this very serious look that I have on television. Um, you know, see, but you can kind of get that from from you know Jeb Bush at times, and certainly you know you can always tell a member of the establishment because um, they always have that look on their face and they're not able to laugh at anything. Um, they're just very sad, sick, miserable people. Um, but Joe Biden was a um, um, he has he his he's on empty. Oh yeah. It was a it was a he's doesn't have the gas in the tank for this, um, and he's yet to show that he does. To be completely honest, you can't really point to a moment where you've been like, wow, Joe Biden is, you know, he's he's really, really showing some, some fight. Um, okay, so maybe it's not Michelle, but it's someone. It's someone they don't want to put through the primary. Because why else would they ask him to run? Like, they know he's not all there. You can't tell me they were like, yes, Joe, please run. We think all of your capacities are intact. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at here we go. The Hill, 2 p.m. today. Story by Max Greenwood. Biden campaign says he doesn't have to win Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> you always like hearing that as a supporter four months out from something. It's fine. You don't need to win the let's, second primary. Let's look. This thing's like five months away, but let's let's be let's set expectations very clearly right now. We're not going to win. <laughs> so don't worry about it. We could just. Move. We don't even, you know what? We can just chalk Iowa up to Elizabeth Warren and we'll just go on to New Hampshire. Um, that's that's just a great sign. Um, I really enjoy that. So Biden's still Biden. You know, Elizabeth Warren, the media is, the media is pushing Elizabeth Warren and Warren more. So I think the next 10 days or so are going to be pretty big for her with tomorrow night, the, the CNN climate town hall. Oh, An yes. entire night dedicated to yes. the, the thing that is like fifth or sixth on the people. We're uh, going to try to live about. tweet it. We're going to try. We will live tweet it. We're going to live tweet it. We're going to have, I mean, maybe not from five o'clock on, but certainly certainly the big ones. Like, I don't care what Amy Klobuchar has to say about the climate. Snooze. I just frankly don't. Um, you got to watch. You, I mean, who are, are the they going to have Andy Yang watch? on? Because that's like you basically watch his Yang. only issue. You got to watch Yang. Well, no, that's Inslee. Yang, oh, he's out. Yang is UBI. Inslee's out, isn't he? Inslee's out. Yeah, so he maybe they'll just have him on for shits and giggles. They they could they could they could. Uh, no, it's the ten people who are going to be on the debate stage. That's who they got. 
Oh. So mm. we don't get to see Tulsi. No Tulsi, or... no Steyer. I don't want to see Steyer. I've seen him so much on commercials. We really do get just absolutely slammed. He really, he can, he can off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you've um, ever seen that beep episode, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um... So, yeah, like, I don't care what Klobuchar has to say. I really don't care what Julian Castro has to say. I mean, Julian Castro, maybe he'll give us a line. Like, um, what about environmental justice for trans trans women? <laughs> what about environmental justice for the trans penguins? I mean, who's looking out for them? Who's looking, exactly, Katie, who's looking out for the transsexual penguins that I we mean, have I mean, this is a crisis. Yet? Crisis, ladies They are being shoved out of Antarctica. Where are they going to go? That's right. Um... Let's see. I guess the last quick thing, Buzz, BuzzFeed did... Uh, We're not going to hit the barbecue one because I think that penguin thing really segues well into the barbecue. Yeah, it does. It does. BuzzFeed loves Beto. Buzz, Beto works presidential campaign and suddenly has a purpose. His purpose is going on CNN and using the F word. Congratulations, Beto. You've never worked in your life. You're the clown prince of white privilege. That's it. That's all you're ever going to amount to in life. The clown prince of white privilege. The guy that spoke Spanish at the debate, and he had Cory Booker give him a, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, but let's go on to the bar. Yeah, this is this is a great story. We're going to end the night with this and then uh, the Trump tweet of the day. Um, but this is a story out of Australia. Down Which under, is down like, under my, what, the world's Florida? It's a penal colony. But like, you know how people always make fun of Florida? Like, the people there are just strange. Like, you know, on like meme land. They're always making fun of Floridians. Like, they're always doing crazy stuff. Yeah. 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 So I equate Australia to the world's Florida. Well, I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, sometimes you get these pictures online. See, look at the size of the spider. It's like a Toyota Corolla. It's Australia, the outback. It's a freaky place. They had all kinds of stuff that we just wouldn't know what to deal with if we saw in the United States. Plus kangaroos. Um, Maybe a dingo ate your baby. (laughs) All right, so tell us the story. An Australian vegan has a beef. This is from the New York Post, so beware, puns ahead. (laughs) An Australian vegan has a beef with her neighbors over what she claims the smell of meat and fish coming from their barbecue. Cila Cardin has been locked in a legal battle since last year with her neighbors, claiming that the odors have ruined her quality of life at her home in Perth. All I can smell is fish. I can't enjoy my backyard. I can't go out there. Cardin's complaint was tossed out of court earlier this year, leading her to file and to appeal in the country's Supreme Court. Supreme Court judge rejected her appeal and encouraged both parties to instead direct their considerable energy towards the resolution of their differences as best they can. Cardin has vowed to continue the fight. It's been devastating. It's been <laughs> turmoil. It's been unrest. I haven't been able to sleep oh no the injustice how does she function in life does she just like not walk by restaurants like what does she do she's a bubble boy yeah she's got to be a bubble wear person. a mask spray some perfume like i don't understand build a wall build a wall she could build a wall she could build a wall she could grill tofu <laughs> that cover up the smell, right? Um, she could. She could grill soap. Now that stuff t- smells disgusting. Grill what? Soap. 
Why would anyone grill soap? Because it smells horrendous. When have you grilled soap? This ha- it's like I've smelt burnt soap before and it's horrible. Where Don't have try you this at home. Burnt soap? I kind of forget now, but I've <laughs> smelt it. What? And it was terrible. You forget. Also, it was in the league. Remember tacos homemade soap? Yes. In the oven and they're like this smells horrendous. Do you think you were in the league? <laughs> no. And I'm telling you, it would smell bad. Do you want to try we could try it this weekend? Are you a taco? <laughs> we could try it this weekend. I'll prove it to you. I don't want to burn soap. I'm just curious as to what, when in life did you come across burning soap? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll go in the archives of my brain. Oh, that's frightening. <laughs> well, there you go. I guess she could burn soap as a possible <laughs> solution. Maybe she can get her cons- spend her considerable time and energy into uh, burning soap, piles of soap. Um. Once again, I think the theme of this show is just. I, you can't even grill a piece of fish now. No, that's offensive. It's offensive to the fish, to the people who don't eat fish. Is it white supremacy, though? Probably. Is grilling. Who's, who was the first person grilling, to grill fish? Is grilling meat outdoors white supremacy? You know, it's appropriation because the Native Americans probably did it. You're right about that. You're right about that. There might be some cultural appropriation going on there. If you guys hear pitter-patter, it's just our dog finally waking up from her 20th nap of the day. 21st. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's appropriation. Nailed it. Yep. de Blasio worked seven hours last month. (laughs) For New York? He logged seven hours at City Hall last month. That's embarrassing. They should recall him. Shocking, a socialist who doesn't want to work. <laughs> um, it's unbelievable. Um, I think that's it. Really? All right. The left are human with skulls, ladies and gentlemen. And it's not going to be funny if they ever regain power. I promise you that much. Let's leave it on the light note. <laughs> All right. Trump's tweet of the day. We already committed some white supremacy for, for dinner today. We grilled out t- today. so That's true. We grilled chicken. so We're, we're Hitler. Yeah. Pretty we're much. Hit- we're Hitler. Pretty much. All right. So this tweet comes from our president. The incompetent mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, that's probably pronounced wrong. I don't care, was bothered that I played a very fast round of golf yesterday. Many polls exercise for hours or travel for weeks. Me, I run through one of my courses. Very inexpensive. By the way, I think when he means polls, he means politicians, not like a slur for Polish people. President... (laughs) I just wanted to caveat that. You call them Polacks. (laughs) President Obama would fly to Hawaii. Khan should focus on, quote, knife crime, which is totally out of control in London. People are afraid to even walk the streets. He is a terrible mayor who should stay out of our business. Amazing. Sad. Sad. 